to the greatest show on earth, the greatest show that's ever been created by man. Ladies and gentlemen, 11.23 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Wednesday, December the 26th, the day after Christmas, Flinttown Boy is in the house, Flinttown Boy. Welcome everybody, the day after Christmas, Laker Nation, I know you gotta be happy, the Los Angeles Lakers beat the brakes off the Golden State Warriors yesterday, LeBron, we gotta get an update on his injury, Marie. alright y'all, uh, Christmas was uh, two weeks since I did my last podcast, <clears throat> so today is the 15th day. You know, at one time when I was doing these uh, podcasts, uh, like one time I did like three or four straight, like a week after each other. Every Sunday, it was a Sunday. Um, I don't celebrate Christmas, but I mean, for those of you who do, happy Kwanzaa, happy Hanukkah, happy whatever. I don't celebrate these Anglo-Saxon Hunky ass white holidays. But for those of you who did, and for all you little children out there, because you know Flintown Boy loves children, I hope all of you have had a wonderful Christmas and I hope you got everything you asked. Ask Santa Claus for. I hope you did. Uh, got to go over uh, my mother's uh, family. I mean, my mother's side of the family. Like I pretty much do every uh, holiday, mostly Fourth uh, of July, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. The last I would say two years, uh, I don't get invited to the get-togethers over my uh, 
with my uh, father's side anymore. Now, weird thing about that is, uh, like 2014, I uh, ended up at uh, all my uh, father's <clears throat> side. You know, the family get together they were having uh, in 2014, and I want to say 2015. Uh, me and my mother actually got invited to my older brother's uh, father's side of the family. So, um, and oh boy, I see where my older brother get his cooking skills from because all his family members can throw down in the kitchen. I mean, they don't play. They need to get together, make them get together and uh, buy a restaurant and they should have did that years ago. Like, they're real good. And uh, I see where he get his, because he should really own a own his own business, too, as far as the cook uh, restaurant. He should own his own restaurant. He is a very, he is a very skilled chef, I will say that. Uh, not saying my family on my mother's side are slouches when it comes to cooking or my grandmother. Or my mother, I'm just saying, his family, they need their own restaurant. Like they, they put their foot in that food. <clears throat> Good evening, everybody. Man, it's been 15 days, two whole weeks. You ready to start sounding like Tony Braxton? Uh, it is now 11:27 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, December the 26th, 2018. Um, as we close, as we close this year of 2018, around this time, the end of last year, um, the Most High worked some things out for me. Um, that trend went into this year, and um, I'm glad for that. Uh, I relocated this year. I'm glad for that. So I'm in a better place financially and as far as living quarters. Um, um, I, um, I'm grateful. Um, it's been a journey. Um, you got to understand that for a guy who spent seven days in a homeless shelter in 2014, I believe I spent three days at my brother's keeper or three nights at my brother's keeper at the at the uh, at the end of February 14, 2014. And I spent uh, four days at the warming center at the end of December. So you could say at the first of the year before I moved to Phoenix, spent three days in the homeless shelter. And at the end of the year, when I had, when I was here again and got back from Phoenix, after spending six months in Phoenix, I was in a homeless shelter again. Um, but the second time was a little misleading because I didn't have to go to the shelter in December. That was just something I was trying to do. That didn't work. But uh, so really, technically. 
<clears throat> really don't count. Even though I did actually stay in there the four nights in December, you don't really count them because those was voluntarily. I literally had nowhere to go in February. Um, and this is coming from a guy who moved out of his mama house and had uh, have basically been living on his own for uh, 10 years. And uh, then I uh, had to move back. I didn't have to move back with my mama. <clears throat> I was trying to save some money up and uh, did not know the journey that I was going to be on. I am not ashamed to tell you my story, my story, my, uh, my, uh, what do you call that? My, my testimony of how I would end up staying with, uh, friends and family, mainly family. And I stayed with a, <clears throat> I would end up staying. Well, you can't really count that because when I moved back with my mother, uh, some of that, uh, time, my name was on the lease just like her name was on the lease. So you can't really count those years. Uh, but, uh, about four years when I first moved back with her, uh, you gotta remember, I was basically paying all the bills except for the rent. So, it was down there like that was my place. And then when we moved together in the, in, uh, in the, uh, into an apartment, uh, my name was on the lease too. So technically, uh, you really only count the four years I first moved back with her. And then you kind of delete about three, four years. And then, but anyway, the, the point is after I moved back with her, I had to stay with family and a co-worker. So I don't even know if you call it a friend, but mainly family members uh, for the next 10 years. I had to stay in a motel for 19 months, a year and a half. So uh, it, it, look how long. It, it, and that just basically shows you it doesn't really matter in America if you are a black male. Uh, it don't matter. You know, this white man is so sexually insecure. His whole goal is to keep you away from his woman. But when he when he basically passed these draconian laws, it not only keeps you away from his woman, it keeps you away from your own women. And that's what's basically a big thing, a big part of what's destroying the black community, because it also breaks up the black family. And it does not matter or it doesn't matter. Uh, whether you walk the straight and narrow or not, as a black man in America, you are public enemy number one. As a heterosexual black male, you are public enemy number one. Everybody hates you. Other black men have been programmed to hate you. Black women absolutely hate and despise you because they're so full of self-hatred. Uh, just like black women worship and deify white men, because they look at white, blonde hair, blue eyed Jesus as God. So they look at white men as God. They look at black men as the devil because you basically, uh, you are them. 
So therefore, because they hate themselves, they they basically focus all their hatred onto you. And they also take it out on their black children. You know, that's what you're dealing with with this black woman. She's done. She's lost. You can forget about it. You know. She's allowed white America to fuck her up so bad, it ain't no recovery for her. She might as well be a white person with black skin at this point. She's done. White supremacy has totally dominated this black female. She is a rat. It is a rap for her. Because a lot of these black women who claim they're pro-black and that they never uh, date a white man, they fucking a white man. And a lot of brothers just too stupid to know what's going on. The white male has never not had sexual access to the black female. And I don't know why brothers can't seem to figure that out. But back to my story. Uh, you know, um, and just before I went into the uh, motel uh, for uh, 19 months, I uh, stayed with a co-worker for 25 days. So my time staying out on my own, I left home at 19 Came back, moved with my mother uh, twenty at 29. So it was nine years, nine months that I stayed out on my own consecutively. Ask, ask me what is the number, what is the time that you stayed with family members, friends, co-workers and all? Nine years, ten months. So the most I said, you're going to do one more month staying with friends family and co-workers than you are when you stay by yourself. So I had to get that one money in. You know. So I have stayed. I stayed to, to get to Phoenix. I had to stay in the Gerald Ford Airport. I had to spend the whole 24 plus hours because I didn't have a ride Sunday. So I basically had to go to the Gerald Ford International Airport Saturday the day before Easter 2014, my flight took off to go to Phoenix Easter 2014. So I spent 24 hours in an airport, <laughs> seven nights in the homeless shelter, stayed with people, family for 10 years, stayed on my, on my own for 10 years, and stayed in a motel for a year and a half. Uh, it has been a journey uh, but I am really looking forward to uh, not just renting a house, but owning a house this year coming up or the next. I would say by 2020, I want to have multiple homes that I own. So I'm going to really start looking into becoming a homeowner this year. And uh, we're going to make it happen by at least 2020. I want to have multiple homes. So. Uh, Town boy has been through a lot y'all been through a lot I have been through the ringer um, that journey of staying with people started November 2006 and it ended uh, August no September of 2016 so that uh uh Two years short, two months short of 10 years.
You know, so I never would have known when I left home at 19, when I came back at 29, I never would have known that it would be a decade before I would get my own place again. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, um, but like I said, that's part of being a black male in America. It doesn't matter. Like you never hear white men white women or black women say that I went to the mall <clears throat> or out to a mall, filled out 10, 15, 20 applications, called and checked on most of these applications and not one person with good work experience, with a good resume. And uh, I, I went from being a so-so interviewer to a good interviewer. Now I'm a great interviewer. I pretty much can tell you from minutes of, of the conversation, if they're going to hire me or not. It's not so much what they say, it's what they don't say a lot of times. Uh, when they start basically telling you that we'll get back with you, uh, typically speaking, if they start saying that early in the interview process, they don't want to hire you. That's That's one red flag right there. They're not going to hire you. If minutes into the interview, they're talking about, well, we'll get back to you. We'll get back with you. Uh, no, that means they're not going to hire you. If they talk like they want to hire you right then, right there, you got that job. You got that job. If they start saying that they're so impressed with your resume, uh, if they just keep talking like they want to hire you, you got the job. If they if they talk about how impressed they are with your with your resume, nine times out of ten you got that job. So those are some things to look for when you go before an employer and you're trying to get a job. Two things that stick out: if they sound like they basically without him without him or her coming out saying they're they're going to give you the job, if they sound like they want to hand it to you, all you got to do is kind of just take it. Take it because it's yours. They're going to get that job to you. If they basically sound like they're so impressed with you as a person or your resume, they're going to give you that job. So all you have to do at that point is close the deal. That's all you have to do. It's yours. All you got to do is close the deal. You got that job. Uh, so, um, what was I going to say? You know, um, but that's part of being a black male. You never hear a white male, a white female, or a black female say they filled out filled out fifteen to twenty job applications and not and didn't get called for one interview. You never heard that alone. They don't say that once, but can you imagine having that happen to you over and over? You know, let's be perfectly honest. Employment had a lot to do with me. Staying with other people and being in a homeless shelter. Um, when you don't have employment, which this country purposely underemploys black men. So they basically are basically trying to say they're basically killing you. You can't survive without a job. And like I said, that brings friction between the black man and black woman because the black woman is not being done like that. She's constantly getting employment. The white man and the white woman constantly getting employment. Like I see a good job that a brother would have 
And as soon as he fuck it up or they fire him, it's always a white dude right behind him that's going to get that job. Like white men and white women never have to worry about jobs in this country. If they really want one, they'll get them. Black women really never have to worry about jobs in this country. <clears throat> Neither do Asian and Latino or Arab or Indian men or women. None of them have to worry about jobs. They're plentiful. But for black men, you know, they purposely keep you out of the job market. They purposely mass incarcerate you because what they're trying to do, they're basically trying to destroy you and kill you. Um, by them, but by them also trying to destroy you and kill you, they make profits off of you by incarcerating you, by you basically sitting up because you're unemployed, being strung out on drugs. So that's the cigarette, beer, and weed. So they're making profits off of disenfranchising you, off of subjugating you. <laughs> you know, uh, so. And, and even if you never join a gang, never sell drugs, never do drugs, it doesn't matter. You still will get fucked. Like I told my brother in Phoenix after I got fired from the airport. Like I told him, it's, it's, it's this living in this country. A lot of times as a grown ass man, you walk down the street and just cry to yourself. I just literally think that the average black female, because you know white men and white women don't give a fuck. The average black female does not know what that's like. To like Professor Black Truth said, to be basically shitting on black men and treating black men like shit and and belittling us is a uh, is a American pastime, like Professor Black Truth said. It's an American pastime. So, um, it is an American pastime to basically treat black men like shit. Like, your rite of passage as a uh, white person or another black person is to simply shit on black men. It's a national pastime. Everybody participates in it, even other black men. Everybody sucks this white man's ass and puts him on a pedestal, and he's the biggest disgusting piece of shit devil ever known to man. Meanwhile, the black man who ain't did nowhere near the horrific and heinous things. <clears throat> That the Arab man, the Asian man, and the white man has done. But he's treated like shit. He's the shit of the earth. <clears throat> and this is because people have to make themselves feel good. <clears throat> so in order to make themselves feel good, they got to tear a black man down. You got a lot of miserable white people and a lot of miserable black women who have nothing going for themselves. And quite frankly, where a lot of the black female hatred for black men are coming in at is, you know, black women are miserable. They're miserable. Their lives are fucked up. Nobody wants them. They, they're, they're, they're horrible mates. They don't want to change what's wrong with them. They're in denial. There's never nothing wrong with them. 
And because of that, they're not where they're where they want to be at this point in their lives. They have been brainwashed to believe that going to school and getting these degrees that men are supposed to just throw themselves at them. I'm going to say this. <laughs> Brian Solange always bring this up, I believe. Obsidian, at the Obsidian Media Network, always bring this up. I think even Tommy Sotomayor. Sotomayor is, uh, I think it's Sotomayor. Is it Sotomayor or Sotomayor? I don't heard people say it both ways, but Tommy always brings this up, brings this up too. Men don't give a fuck about your degree. You know, you 300 pounds, but you got five degrees. Men don't give a fuck about your degrees. That's not important to us. Men think about how is your head game? You know, how's your pussy? Can you cook? Can you clean? Can you be feminine and can you be cooperative? That's what men want. They don't give a fuck about your degrees or your corporate job. That's bullshit that women glamorize, not men. And hold on, because I have to pause for whatever. <laughs> How many ever seconds interruption that this is going to be? I'll be right back. All right. All right, guys. One minute to 12 o'clock. 11.59 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Once again, December the 26th, 2018. And I was just saying, man, that uh, you uh, you could do everything right. You could stay out of gangs, not sell drugs, not do drugs. Hell, don't even drink drink. Alcohol, smoke weed or cigarettes can go from being a decent interviewer to a good interviewer to a great interviewer, um, can have a long, lengthy work history. And as a black male, it doesn't matter. You still will be denied because this system is set up. Chronicles of Judah always say that this system that corporate America is not for black men. It's not. But retail jobs and manufacturing is not really for black men. Uh, retail is more for black women. And uh, manufacturing used to be for black men, but it's just as many black women in that now as black men. So uh, the the, the uh, government plan uh, programs that they had set aside for black men to lift the black men up, like say to the level of where the black female is at, uh, they took them and gave them the white women. <laughs> so you joined the, so the black woman left the civil rights movement to join the white woman in the feminist movement. And this same white woman who ain't never did nothing for black women or, or black women causes who black women still to this day cape for when it took your man's jobs that they had set aside for your man to kind of lift him up to your level. They took them jobs and they still running game on you black women. But what I was trying to say is uh, uh, the black woman and the white male, they hate you because as much as they keep you down, Still yet you rise, man. 
Like you are the fucking what you would call piston that keeps this engine known as America going. And they know that. All style and so-called swag and culture as far as that so-called urban hip-hop culture. But style as far as clothes and talking as far as lingo is all the black male revolutionizing sports, revolutionizing the music industry. That was the black male, not the black female. Who was the ones who built Washington, D.C.? The black male. They didn't use black women for hard labor. The black man basically built this country for 240, what, 244 years off his back. Why the black woman basically laid on her ass fucking the white man. And black men, too, who, who they were uh, being bred with. You know, no, the black woman was brought here when they entered into chattel slavery, which chattel slavery is like cattle, chattel, chattel, cattle, cattle. Basically, you get bred like cattle. Where like cows, they breed you like animals, like the cow. So chattel slavery, which was a term that was formed from cattle. So you breed black people like their cows, basically. You were brought over here to be bred with. That's what black women were brought here for. And they were also brought here to be the white man's concubines. And that's what I keep telling brothers. Like, there's a lady on YouTube that basically spilled the beans. It's being hidden behind closed doors, but it's there. And white America knows it is. And they, they count on black women pretending that it's not going on to keep it hush hush. It has always been a secret affair Between the black woman and the white man They co-conspire To keep you as a black man down And then they'll turn around And talk shit about you And say well you can't do this You can't do that Notice I haven't mentioned the white woman I don't mention the white woman If you notice a lot Because when I refer to other races They're not trying to separate They're not trying to be separate entities they know that they're one. Asian women, Latino women, white women, Indian women, Arab women understand that if their man is brought down, they're going to get brought down. So they don't really go against their man. If they do it, they do it behind closed doors. So they stand lock and step with their man. So when I say the white male, I'm also referring to the white female <clears throat> because the white female has sat on her ass. And stood behind her white male after he had went has went all over the world raping and pillaging people, raping women, creating whole, whole sub race groups of people. The hell do you think these exotic Asians and Latinos come from? You go back into the uh, rural areas of these countries and you see in these Asian and Latino countries and you see these dark Damn, they're black looking native people. But in the urban metropolitan areas, they look exotic. That's because their fathers were white. <laughs> the white man that took his little pink dick all over the world, creating, like I said, whole new sub race groups of people. And this white bitch is still stood by this sorry motherfucker. 
But the black man who ain't done none of that, <clears throat> nowhere near the level of the white man, <clears throat> the black woman can't stand the black man, though. She find every every opportunity, every chance she get to turn on him. <clears throat> Excuse me, y'all. I hate when I always do my podcast. I get uh, my throat stars basically messing with me and I have to clear my throat. I hate that. But black men don't do nothing. The little irrelevant shit that we do, our women hate us. But these other men have been fucking barbarians, savages, scourges of the earth. And their women love them to death. Stick behind them to the end of time. And they are the biggest pieces of shit on earth. Not this black woman, though. So like I said, this goes back to the continent. So the black woman has always wanted to separate herself from you black men. She just never could because when we was in Africa and ruling, she couldn't. You know, where was she going to go? Then when we got enslaved by the Arabs, she hoarded herself out to the Arabs. But for the most part, she stayed with the black man because she knew the Arab man didn't want her black ass. She'll still whore herself out to the Arab men today. That's why they hire these women in these stores and behind the, and they go in the back and fuck the shit out of them. Like the Asian men do, like the white men do when he hired these black women in these corporations. That was the uh, sub-Saharan slave trade. Then when the transatlantic slave trade came along, which all of them are connected, the Africans were uh, collecting other tribes of Africans, and then the Arabs came along and said, well, can we get some of them Africans? And then the Europeans came along and tapped into the Europe to the uh, Arab slave trade, which was the uh, sub-Saharan slave trade, which led to the transatlantic slave trade, which was the Europeans. She fucked that white man, but by and large, she stuck. She still stuck behind her black man for self-preservation once again. During Jim Crow, during the civil rights era. She stuck behind her black man, even though she was still fucking this white man for self-preservation. Something happened after the civil rights era. Black women had a chance for the first time to separate from their men. And do and what did they do? They did just that. They finally had a chance to separate from their man. Without having to worry about self-preservation because they was now propped up by white America. So white America propping them up. The fact that black women get employment opportunities from other races of men. This is what's led to this disgusting thing we call the African-American female. Self-entitled, full of herself, thinks she's better than her man, thinks that her man is her property like the white man. Looks down on a black man and basically is a white person with black skin. Race trading Benedict Arnold, black American female. She has now, since she's been programmed, the white man can have another white person in your house. She has been programmed to control you and manipulate you black male and keep you in the position that you're in. White America handpicked her to destroy you, and that's exactly what she's doing. Yeah, 
you know, but, uh, she finally got a chance to separate from you and she took it. See what happens when she finally got a chance to separate from you without repercussions. She took it. She took it. So, uh, I'm ready to go on and eat. I don't think that I should go on and on about this. I think I should probably close this out. And it is, uh, 12, 10 PM Eastern standard time. Uh, it is a, uh, Wednesday afternoon in Flint, Michigan. Uh, it's, it's, it hasn't really snowed a lot in Michigan and it hasn't been cold. <clears throat> Last year, we didn't get a lot of snow, but we got more snow than we did this year. But we got a lot of brutally cold Arctic air type weather. And it started around Christmas and then it went away for a few days. And then around New Year's, it came back and it just kept coming. Winter didn't literally didn't end until like the middle of April. So winter went on for about a full month later than it usually did. <clears throat> I'm ready to bid you all farewell. 12, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, December the 26th, 2018. I will get back on some of these points in a later podcast. And uh, I want you guys to have a great New Year's. Hope you had a Merry Christmas if you celebrate Christmas. And I want you to have a happy New Year's. If I don't talk to you, uh, if I don't talk to you in another uh, six days, uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year's to you. You know, enjoy your 2019. It's almost 2020. Remember, we are the children of Israel. We are the tribe of Judah. Our two 400 years of captivity ends in 2019 America so that means that America is about to be destroyed uh, I believe our co- economy is going to collapse and we're not going to be able to recover from it and when it finally collapsed this next time and that's going to be the end of Babylon the Great Harley aka the United States of America and uh, anytime after 2019 is it going to exactly be 2019 who knows? But anytime after 2019, this Edomite kingdom, a.k.a. this white man kingdom, is going to be destroyed. America, Babylon, the great harlot will be destroyed. So the tribe of Judah will rise again and this white man's kingdom is going to end. And the next person behind him that's going to rule is the Asians. So when America falls... That's going to be the end of the Anglo-Saxon white white male rulership. And next will be the yellow Asian male. All right, y'all. 12, 13 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. December the 26th, 2018. Flint Town Warriors out. Peace. Hopefully I can come back and do a podcast uh, on New Year's Eve. Try to get you on New Year's Eve. We shall see. If not, if not, I will see you next year. I'm out. Peace.